Coronavirus and disinformation are two of the big challenges that have demanded the world's attention in 2020. In the last days of the year, the news about vaccines for COVID-19 seems fairly positive, even though that news, of course, needs to be fact-checked as well. But it may be that fighting mass-scale disease is in fact more feasible than fighting mass-scale disinformation. But Foreign Policy magazine has drawn attention to some innovative efforts to tackle disinformation in Taiwan, including a collaborative fact-checking bot created as part of a public-private partnership between the Taiwanese government and the owners of Taiwan's most popular messaging app, which is called LINE. Indeed, the authors, Libby Lang and Duan Li, say that in American tech circles, Taiwan has become a model for the fight against disinformation. Libby Lang is a former social media manager and speechwriter for Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen, and Duan Li is a national security advisor to the Institute for Security and Technology, as well as being an adjunct professor of politics at the University of San Francisco. And I'm very pleased to say that they both join us now on Sunday Extra. Welcome, Libby and Duan. Thank you for having Hi. us. It's great to have you. Um, can I start by just asking you to give us a brief outline, uh, Libby, of what that app line is and why disinformation on the line app has been a particular concern? So in Taiwan, line is essentially the messaging app. More than 90% of the population has the app on their phone. It integrates a news platform. Um, it has closed chat groups. Um, you can read comics on it. Really, like anything you can think to do on a tech app, you can probably find a way to do online. And I suppose the disinformation element is particularly important there because while we often focus on things like Facebook and, and Twitter, it's the private messaging where a lot of this material is distributed. Does that ring true to you, Duan? Yeah, the main sort of, you know, innovation of this digital accountability project is that it embodies what we call uh, distributed authentication. And that is, think about the volume of disinformation we face on a daily basis in the informational environment, right? The volume is so massive, we cannot do professional fact-checking and trying to keep up with mm. the rising volume of this information. And to me, the most like you know innovative side of this story is that let the users have access to fact-checking as well as build a database of corrected information so people can easily access such information in a very distributed manner. And to me, like this kind of distributed authentication is only possible through what we call public and private partnership because the scale is only possible when both sides of this equation work together. Tech companies have tried to solve this problem, but essentially they don't have the right incentive structures to do it as long as they have no peer up issues. And, and to me, I think that's the like, you know, main sort of you know, innovation that the Taiwanese government was able to crack the code on. Indonesia is also another example, but very few governments, they may talk about triple P's, but very few governments have been able to crack the code on it. We tend to look at the shiny object, right? This bot, you know, fact-checking infrastructure, right? But behind that innovation, I think there was a lot of like, you know, really wholesome political leadership. 
Absolutely. And there are some really interesting things to explore there. There's the technology, but then there's also the, the, the human interaction, which you've rightly pointed to, Duan, and the fact that it's done as a, as a public-private partnership as well. So let's, let's dig into all of those three aspects, um, starting perhaps with the, the technology. Libby Lang, Line has a fact checker, and you know, fact checking is uh, a concept that I think everyone's familiar with these days, but we tend to think of a sort of separate media organisation or, or unit that does sort of human research and publishes its results. Whereas online, the line fact checker is what you've called a collaborative fact checking bot, which sounds very impressive, although I don't quite know what it means. What is a collaborative fact checking bot and how does the line fact checker work? So the basic concept is that this line bot, anyone can add it as a friend. And once you have it as a friend, you can copy and paste any link to a news article or perhaps a paragraph that contains information you're not quite sure about and you can send this message to the bot. And then once the bot receives the message, it runs the content that you sent it against the existing database of fact-checked information that it has. And then it kind of spits back out um, an evaluation to you about whether um, the information is false, whether it needs more information to be sure. Um, and it also provides related links. Like if you're asking a question about a certain topic and this has been fact-checked before, they might show you, oh, you might be interested in this factual story. Right. And it's, and it's doing all that using um, in, in an automated way. And the reason that it's collaborative, uh, am I right in, in, in understanding this, that it, it's actually pooling more than one fact-checking source together? That's yes. Correct. So it's actually, so it's with Line and then it's with some different third-party fact-checking platforms um, as well as the Taiwanese government. So it's pooling essentially these public and private resources together and then making this single bot that keeps all this information in one place. And that's part of what uh, Duan referred to earlier uh, as the Digital Accountability Project, or DAP. Duan, how, how does the Digital Accountability Project in Taiwan differ from the content moderation efforts of the big social media outlets that we might think of in the English-speaking world, like Facebook and Twitter, or, or WhatsApp, I suppose, which is owned by Facebook, but which is also a private messaging service? Yeah, to me, I think it cuts down two things in the process. So what do we do typically with fact-checking is we get off a platform and we essentially have to visit different fact-checking services outside the platform and then determine you know, whether that is valid or not and yeah. then come back to the platform to engage perhaps your friends or like, you know, engage like crowds or audiences. Sounds like a lot when of hard work, this, yeah. Exactly. And now a lot of platforms, large-scale social media platforms do this on their own, but content moderators can consume only so much. So the, the beauty of the DAP is that essentially it massively democratized this process. And so people can stay on the platform, still fact-track what they're consuming, and essentially does not have to put any like onus on the professional investigative yeah. journalists or like government officials or anybody else for that matter. And this is why it's so adaptive to different kinds of disinformation online. The, the fact that, as Libby describes it, to use the line fact checker, you sort of adopt the line fact checker as a friend and then you kind of ask it a question or refer an issue to it, I wonder whether at some level could that be seen as a weakness 
of the fight against dis disinformation because it really does require the user to have a sort of sceptical impulse in the first place? Or do you see that actually as a virtue of the line fact-checker? Libby, what do you think? I've actually thought about this question myself um, in terms of user buy-in. I do agree that, you know, there has to be some impetus for the person to want to fact check in the first place. But I think one thing we've learned about all social media platforms is that they know how to popularize features. That's what they're good at. Oh, yes. And so if they were to adopt this feature, I, I'm confident they would find a way to kind of build it into their system in a way that's intuitive for the user to want to use. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking with Libby Lang and Duan Lee about Taiwan's innovative approach to fighting disinformation on a mass scale. Libby, how did this public-private partnership between the Taiwanese government and the app line actually come about? Because it sounds like that in itself is a quite interesting and innovative aspect of the DAP. Uh, well, I think Taiwan really had to reckon with the issue of disinformation within the country after, especially the 2018 elections. I think that was kind of the first time they were exposed to how much disinformation can sway people's political decisions. And so one thing I found really innovative about this idea is that rather than taking an adversarial stance and kind of going after social media platforms and trying to punish them for what happened, the Taiwanese government decided that instead, let's try to work together and pool our resources so that this doesn't happen in the future. And were there particular figures in the Taiwanese government who led that charge? Because it does seem like a very atypical approach to the standard urge to regulate, if you like. Many people in terms of Taiwan's innovation regarding disinformation in general would probably point to Audrey Tang, um, who is their digital minister, their first digital minister. And she's really been a major force in kind of opening up Taiwan's tech policy to new ideas, new collaboration. She's very open to what works. And does she have a background in tech companies or connections with the industry that might have made this sort of collaboration more viable? Definitely, but uh, more of from kind of a civic perspective rather than a bureaucratic or government perspective. Duan Lee, another aspect of Taiwan's approach, which your, your article draws attention to, isn't just the nifty technology, but it's the way that the Taiwanese government has promoted public awareness about disinformation and I suppose maybe created the circumstances for people to adopt the, uh, the fact checker as their, their friend within the app. What is it that Taiwan does particularly differently on that, that public awareness front? I think there are two main variables to consider. One is mostly external. And if you look at Taiwan and its relationship with the Chinese Communist Party, they are really, you know, at the front line of disinformation mitigation. Yeah. So they face a lot of propaganda and disinformation coming from the mainland. And it's really attacking the foundation of Taiwanese democracy. So there is that sense of urgency. And of course, I think that's a function of political leadership accentuating the sense of, you know, urgency, something that, you know, we could, you know, learn in the United States and elsewhere for that matter. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there is another aspect that is very unique to Taiwan, and that is the extent of digitization of political life is much more extensive. And I think because of that, you know, there is this urgency to integrate public policy with technology. 
And to me, like, you know, going back to how did it work in Taiwan? And there is a generalizable pattern that we can also emulate in the rest of the world. And that is the notion of social proof. Why would they friend a bot? But that's what online users do anyhow. They talk to their friends, but a lot of times they stay within their own echo chamber. And that's how they satisfy social proof. So the need is there, the behavior is there. But the beauty of the DAP is that the Taiwanese government was able to essentially provide an alternative form of social proof that essentially inoculates the entire public against the most obvious kinds of disinformation, especially coming from the mainland. So I think you know, the pattern is, is not so unique. It's about capturing that innate you know, behavior that we see on major social media platforms. So yeah. whenever we see new events, right? Whenever we see like you know, breaking news, What's the first thing we do? We hit social media and then we're trying to see yeah. how our friends, how our like-minded cliques respond to that event. So the behavioral pattern is deeply entrenched on social media already, right? We're just essentially providing a bypass, right? A, a different pathway to essentially ascertain the veracity of information they're consuming. So we don't have to change the behavior of social media users at mm. all because the behavior is already there. We're just giving them something more authentic, something that is a little bit more substantiated to consume. Now, um, Libyan Duan, you say, or you write, that the, the metrics for the use of the line fact checker are promising. So Libby, can I ask you, what are those metrics? And especially how do they compare to the scale of disinformation on the line app? Because as you said, it's obviously massive with 90% of the Taiwanese population using the app. Since its inception, um, the bot has actually received more than 230,000 user submissions um, and 41,000 messages have been reported by users. And like you said, the disinformation problem in Taiwan is massive. I don't want to oversell this bot as essentially some kind of silver bullet that has solved the disinformation problem. But I do think that for a bot that's been in existence for a little over a year, um, the fact that 230,000 people thought to send something along to it just to see if it was true. I think that's a really encouraging metric. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating to hear about LINE and about the LINE fact checker. Libby Lang and Duan Lee, thank you very much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And that's uh, Libby Lang, who's former social media manager and speechwriter for the Taiwanese president, Tai Ng-wen, and also Duan Lee, who is national security advisor to the Institute for Security and Technology in the US and an adjunct professor of politics at the University of San Francisco. And, you know, they say the best recommendations come from friends. I certainly think after that chat, I'd be happy to have the line fact checker as a friend on my social media app as well. And it'll be interesting to see if similar developments come to the social media apps that we're using in Australia sometime soon as well.